The following radio show takes place between 7 p.m. and 8.05 p.m. Events occur in fake time. I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday. It is, of course, this fabulous Monday, February 21st, 2022, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. And I gotta say, I took off uh, last week because I was kind of sick, and nobody make fun of me for I have to wear one of these uh, the, those nasal strips that you buy at the drugstore or any kind of store today because my allergies are fucking killing me. I don't know what it is. I think it's because it's starting to get hot again. Well, not hot, but it's starting to get to springtime here in Florida, and as an official uh, Florida Man radio host, I am not immune to the perils of pollen, and I I think that's what's happening here. So don't make fun of me. I, I have to do it. I have to wear this thing tonight. Otherwise, it's just going to be a big, long mess of coughing and hacking and sniffing and snorting, and I don't think anybody wants any of that. I mean, if you watched any of my uh, my run through the Pokemon tournament this weekend, it was, I was stuffy as fuck, man. And I'm not going to lie, it kind of tilted the shit out of me, too. I'm not going to say that that's the reason that I didn't do so well on the last day, but I got to blame something, okay? So instead, I'm just going to blame uh, allergies instead of accept personal responsibility that I'm terrible. Uh, so we're just going to go with that route. So welcome back, everybody. As usual, before we uh, blow things wide open here and just tear the Band-Aid right off, I want to remind everybody that if you are listening to the podcast or if you are watching the YouTube recording, of the show at youtube.com slash simulation radio if you so choose then you are always free to check out the live show every monday and tuesday at 7 p.m eastern it is streamed on facebook youtube and twitch it is slash simulation radio on all of those things and i want to start off by saying Happy President's Day, everybody. All right. It's I hope some people had days off. I mean, I did get lucky enough to have a day off, but I know most people do not have President's Day off. Most people are actually going out and working on President's Day. But while I had the day off today, I had uh, this particular just curiosity spark in my head which is that i really really want to know because we are inundated and i've talked about it on the show before we are just massively inundated 
in this day and age, particularly with a metric fuck ton of stupid advertisements of just consumerist nonsense bullshit that want you to shove everything in your mouth and literally ignite your money on fire to serve the corporation. And that got me to thinking because I've heard a lot of terrible, god awful, no good, very bad mattress day sales events. And President's Day seems to be that day where all of the mattress sales happen. Now, I know that, you know, it's kind of it kind of happens on like Memorial Day and Labor Day also. And I guess those three day weekends that most people have to work that, you know, the the banks get off for some reason fucking banks. And I wanted to know why. And I I checked it out. And the answer is probably something that you would be able to guess. Now, before we dive right into the <clears throat> excuse me, before we dive right into the President's Day mattress sale history lesson, take a quick guess here. Like, I want to know what you guys think. Be sure to leave a comment in the video or if you know already, then, you know, let let me know that you knew. Just brag to me. I, I knew this before you said it, you dumb fuck. In which case I will respond. Uh, I apologize for not having your prior knowledge, but congratulations nonetheless. And apparently uh, the reason that President's Day is mattress extravaganza spectacular day is because it's just the right place in the calendar for it. Now, supposedly in the consumerism world, for instance, we have set times of year where a whole bunch of stuff goes on sale. Like for instance, uh, according to market realist, like the Christmas holiday for, for example, according to statistics, consumers generally purchase three categories of items during the Christmas holiday, like toys, jewelry, and electronics and mattresses just don't really happen to be one of those things. Now, uh, March and April is tax time. And what do people buy during March and April? They are probably buying vehicles with their tax money. So, all right, we got December out of the way. Probably January-ish is out of the way for some other shit, too. We're buying, buying snow. That's what's happening, surely. So we have this nice little space right in consumerist season in between Christmas time and in between uh, tax season where vehicles are on sale and all the car dealerships put out their their stupid ass deals. We got a nice little three day weekend right smack dab in the middle of consumerist season. And that is where President's Day comes in this, into play. It's just it's just there, man. And that's that is apparently the answer. And not only that, but another reason is that historically, because a lot of people have these three day weekends off, uh, which again, I would like to know who has that three day weekend off besides me and the banks. And I guess people that live in the business world. Look, real people don't have President's Day off. I'm just saying. I know that that declassifies me as a real person, but you take it or leave it. So another reason that people go and shop for mattresses, supposedly, which uh, does 
or is backed up by the data because apparently because of all these sales, uh, Mattress Day sales are through the roof on President's Day. And that might just be a self-fulfilling prophecy, right, where people are going out and buying them just because all of the sales exist. I don't know if they're really sales, but they make it they market it like their sales. So I can only imagine that they are at least kind of somewhat tempting. So people buy, they go out on these three-day weekends and they buy mattresses because for a lot of people that just work the random Monday through Friday office job, this is the only time that they have off to go and buy high-ticket items like mattresses. And this kind of purchase is not an impulse buy. And the three-day weekend allows consumers to think before they buy, which, I mean... Isn't that what you're doing for just about any big purchase that you have in the world? I don't know, man. So another uh, going back to the whole it's just smack right dab and right in the middle of consumer season. Other months of the year are taken up by, for instance, August, which is taken up by back to school month. And that is where People are spending on school supplies, clothes, and electronics and stuff like that. And so if you take all of the different times of the year, then where do mattresses fit into this? How do we just shoehorn fucking mattresses into the uh, go out and buy shit calendar? Well, unfortunately, we have President's Day, and that is where all of these mattress sales comes from and why you are being inundated with... <clears throat> excuse me, with all, all of the President's Day mattress sale, 100% off, come and try a fucking mattress. So congratulations. Now you know, we just, we just really, really needed a calendar day for the mattress industry to shoehorn its way in there. So now you know, everybody. Now, as we enter this very fine, lovely Monday the 21st, of course, one of the things that wrapped up over the weekend was the Olympics, everybody. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, hey, this is the Olympics we're talking about here. This is exciting stuff. Except it is not because nobody really seemed to care about the Olympics. However, as the Olympics come to a close, I want to just end all of the totally radical Olympic coverage that we ended up doing by leaving Beijing behind in history with this story about a Finnish skier. His name is Remy Lindholm. He's age 24. He is a Finnish skier from Finland who was a cross-country skier in the Olympics. Now, there is something that's really, really bad that happened to him. And honestly, it is going to make you, it's going to make you shiver uh, or shrivel up like some shrinkage in the pool. It was shrinkage, but he had an incident on the field. And that incident is one that I don't think I have ever heard of happening before, but alas, it is possible. I don't know how this is possible, but it did happen to him. 
in the cross-country skiing race at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. He suffered damage to his equipment, according to this Fox News story. And that equipment is not exactly what you would uh, think that he is talking about. He spent over an hour traversing the shortened men's 50-kilometer mass start free race in brutal temperatures and howling winds causing a certain body part that he had to become frozen. You can guess which body part, he said in an interview, was a little frozen when I finished. It was one of the worst competitions I've been in, he told Finnish media. It was just about battling through, and these brutal temperatures and howling winds caused his penis to freeze up. Oh my god, that does not sound fun in the slightest. I really don't know how you could even finish the race. He ended up finishing the race, too, despite the fact that his penis was just casually frozen up in the middle of the race. And first of all, you know you're going out skiing in the cold, man. Don't you think that you would, like, maybe put a sock over it or wear a, a extra pair of long johns or do whatever you got to do to stop this from happening? This is not the first time that this kind of issue has happened now while the race was first delayed by an hour and then shortened to 30 kilometers to protect the competitors they ended up wearing thin suits but they offered little protection from the wind and cold weather organizers were worried about frostbite which is what caused them to end up shorting the race shortening the race and after the race mr lindholm said he needed a heat pack to thaw out his downstairs appendage when the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable, which I, I can imagine, man. Imagine getting uh, just frostbite on the tip of it. And maybe it's not just on the tip. Maybe the whole thing got a little bit of frostbite. That I don't know. I don't know, man. That just it gives me the creeps thinking about it. Despite the injury, he still finished 28th place out of 60. So he powered through with his frozen penis and ended up uh, finishing the race in the top 50th percentile. He finished with a time of just under an hour and 16 minutes. It was the second time that his penis became frozen during a cross-country skiing race. So you would think that, you know, maybe it... it took one time you would think that it would only take one time to learn to you know just put a sock over it or do what you got to do maybe get a nice little mini mini heating blanket for it a similar incident happened in ruka finland last year during a race he said so i'm on one hand you know i'm wishing the best for you but at the same time this does seem like it may have been uh somewhat self-inflicting especially considering that more than likely you know the circumstances going into the event i mean it you know it's cold out there you know that you have had a penis injury before and thus he decided still to not wear any little bit of uh extra protection you know i i still think you know just 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 put, put a little sock over it that's all you got to do even if it's not that big, even if it shrinks a little bit, you just put a tiny sock over it. Take a baby sock and put it over it. 
maybe that won't fix it, but I can only hope. I can only hope. <laughs> Regardless, you know, I still feel for you, man. And I'm just hoping that this doesn't happen a third time, in which case, uh, at that point, three strikes, you're out. That penis has fallen off. But I don't know. All right, let's talk about uh, the Russia and Ukraine thing that is going on. I say that it's going on despite the fact that it is the literal biggest story in the world right now. And President Vladimir Putin of Russia today made a long, it was like an hour and a half for almost maybe even two hours, I don't know, a statement where he just sat there and talked, man. And the biggest news that broke today to give a little bit of a backstory as to what is going on, uh, there's some tensions over there right now, particularly in the eastern part of the Ukraine. And there are a couple of what President Putin calls as uh, sovereign states, even though he's not really he doesn't really have the authority to make that decision. I mean, they're still part of Ukraine, but uh, President Putin has come out today during his announcement and makes these states uh donetsk and luhansk he recognizes them as sovereign states which sets the stage for the conflict now these particular eastern states are kind of russia russian sympathetic so if he were to begin uh an invasion or an attack, which rightfully so, is scaring the shit out of people in particular in the capital of Kiev in Ukraine. And I'll show you some pictures of the way that some of these people are reacting in a few moments. Because uh, and as much as I hate Vice President Kamala Harris, as much as she's a fucking uh, chill and like not a real human being... Uh, I really, you have to think about the gravity of the statement that she put out today, essentially saying, all right, look at what this means. We've had peace in Europe for almost 70 years, and it is possible that we could go to full-scale war on this, which does seem like a possibility, but at the same time, I really don't think that it's the responsibility of the rest of the world to get uh, involved in this kind of conflict, should it happen. Uh, and that leads to a really tricky situation here, because on one hand, uh, what if he, what if President Putin just ends up invading and then nobody really does anything besides the standard up? It sanctions... what do you do but at the same time it really doesn't seem like that it's worth you know kind of world war three happening but again uh this is a tricky situation and fortunately i'm not the one that has to make a decision here especially given that i don't know shit and i'm not a real journalist but here is president putin's announcement on this with a russian translator today let me show you guys this He's recognizing the independence and sovereignty. sovereignty. So essentially what this means is that since uh, these two quote-unquote states uh, President Putin thinks of as separate sovereign states, that gives him the moral 
I don't want to say moral obligation, but in his mind, it gives him the moral high ground to invade that eastern part of Ukraine and reclaim these two states because, you know, he's got a history of wanting to uh, get back to the glory days of the old USSR. And this is this is where it starts. Now, there's a particular section of the map where in this this eastern part of the Ukraine, which is where they're fearing an invasion and attack will happen the most, uh, it's split mostly into two parts. And on the eastern side of that that split is where these two states lie and should they encroach further you know that's where really really bad sanctions quote unquote which that sounds really scary oh yeah if you invade this part well we're gonna sanction you sounds reasonable (laughs) kind of a pussy response but you know so he says, uh, based on the mutual agreement between the two parties. Now, keep in mind, like I said earlier, these two uh, states, they're not really states. They're still part of Ukraine. And what, what President Putin, what Vladimir Putin here is essentially doing is saying, yeah, these two, we recognize the independence of these two states, but... Uh, you don't, he doesn't really have control of that. I mean, they're technically part of Ukraine still. And so he's just kind of talking out of his ass to give himself a level of excuse once the conflict further, further escalates. And so it sounds like he's setting the grounds for what it seems like is going to be an escalation here. So he's saying that uh, the entire responsibility of any bloodshed will be on the uh, the Ukrainian officials should they not like surrender and get out. And he's he's doing the classic uh, psychopath thing. He's demanding that they immediately cease military combat action. And if they don't, then, you know, the bloodshed, it's not going to be our fault. It's going to be on you, despite the fact that he is the uh, the instigator in this scenario. Now, of course, President Biden promises promised to the Ukrainian president today that he will respond swiftly and decisively condemns Russia's decision to recognize the separatist region regions in the east of the country. And they spoke together today to reaffirm the commitment of the U.S. to Ukraine sovereignty and territorial integrity. According to a White House statement that came out today, the U.S. does plan to impose sanctions and they would respond in step with allies and partners. And so essentially where this is at, and the reason that we haven't really covered this a whole lot is because there's been a lot of misinformation here on this story. Nobody really knows what's going on. And until uh, the story got to this point here, where we kind of know what's going to happen, 
unfortunately, as bad as, it, bad as it is, until it got to this point where the story had to develop even further. Nobody knew what the hell was happening. We had reports up to last week and the week before of, all right, the invasion is happening imminently. It's going to happen on Wednesday. It's going to happen on this day. And nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. Nobody knew what was actually going on. And of course, none of them ended up uh, being true. But now we get to this point where Vladimir Putin is putting out statements. Uh, the U.S. is putting out statements. The Ukrainian president is responding to all of this. And so we have a better idea as to what is going to happen here. Now, of course, many European countries are asking and are warning uh, nationals that are in Kiev, in particular the capital, to, all right, get the fuck out. We Get out of there right now. It is going to get very dangerous. And that is, I think, where we start seeing where this is going to go. Because as soon as these nationals and these residents over there start getting the official warning that, all right, it's time to leave. It's time to dip, fellas. Then that's where we really see uh, the writing on the wall here and what is actually going to happen. So uh, we, I kind of waited until now to give a little bit of a, of a summary and a recap as to what's going on here, because there was a lot of misleading shit going on last week plus i was sick and not doing the show so it, the timing kind of worked out the timing worked out for me personally not saying that it's going to work out for all of these citizens in kiev who are probably scared shitless that they are imminently invaded or that they are going to potentially imminently be invaded but it kind of reminds you do you remember that uh you remember that family guy scene uh it was one of the like the first five seasons or so where Stewie and Brian uh, went back in time to Germany in the forties. And they went to like this, uh, this Jewish church in Poland. And they didn't recall that that was the date that Germany invaded Poland. And, you know, they see the tanks pull up and then that's where Brian goes like, Oh shit. That's right. That happened today. That, Imagine uh, you know that this is coming because, of course, that was back before the days of social media and uh, widespread news where everybody knew what the hell was going on. Imagine the people in uh, Kiev that are living out that fear right now. And I really think it's insane. Like there's a picture here of a Kiev, uh, which they pronounce it differently over there in the Ukraine, uh, Kiev, Kiev subway. Of course, we in the West and Russia pronounces it as uh, Kiev, but they pronounce it Kiev and they spell it K-Y-I-V over there. Look at this, this subway scene <clears throat> where everybody, their eyes are just glued. Their eyes are glued to the news because they want to know what the fuck is going on. This could this could happen at uh, any given moment. We don't really know. So I will, of course, continue to follow the story as more developments happen. We will definitely and certainly talk about it throughout the week, especially if something important happens. I'm not even going to rule out the potential of a uh, a random live stream at some point should, you know, shit really, really start hitting the fan. So stay tuned. Stick around. We will follow this as 
it continues to develop. And hopefully, uh, I am just, my mind is on those people in Kiev, Kiev, depending on how you want to pronounce it right now, who are just sitting there with bated breath, wondering what, what the hell is going to happen. <clears throat> so I want to get to one more less, less serious. We'll have a little bit of fun story before we take a break and get to some more stuff afterwards. But uh, there is an area, there is a region in California. It's the South Lake Tahoe, California area where they're being plagued and terrorized by a certain animal that is no longer coming to fear humans that you would think if you saw this animal, okay, he's probably scared of me. There might be something that I could do. I could run the fuck away from it. But what if that animal that is terrorizing this area is a 500-pound black bear, which has been the source of more than 150 calls between law enforcement and wildlife personnel recently. And they've decided, all right, we are, as soon as we find this bear, we are going to euthanize it immediately. And the reason sounds kind of cruel, which is that this bear no longer fears people. He's been given the nickname Hank the Tank, and it's now gotten to the point where it's starting to make news everywhere that it invades a home. Because this bear is no longer afraid of people, locals are contemplating whether or not to have the bear killed because they believe that it may be the only option at this point. It's an infamous bear. It is well-known and wanted hey, by the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. This bear, I, I, God, I saw a local news report on this too, and they put like a, a stupid old Western uh, wanted poster uh, with the picture of good old Hank the Tank on it. And I kind of, I feel a little bit sad for the bear because they've decided that, all right, as soon as we find, as soon as we locate this big old 500 pound Hank the Tank, we are putting them down, fellas. The Department of Fish and Wildlife have been trying to track him for more than six months. And its recent, most recent break-in occurred on Friday morning. The bear had broken a small window and squeezed into the home where homeowners had no idea how to get him out. And it's it's a little bit sad, honestly. I poor Hank. He has lived a big old fat bear life. And we're going to watch the local news report in just a moment. So stick around, but, and wait till you see this bear too. wait until you see this big old fucking chongus bear, because he is, he, <clears throat> he, he's a, he is a beauty. And at the same time, I would be terrified if I knew that he did not fear people at all, because you know how the common, uh, the common knowledge behind what to do if you encounter a bear is to like act big and make a whole bunch of obnoxious noises and scream at it and make it seem like that you're bigger than him. That is not going to be possible here. You run into Hank and big old Hank the bear, Hank the tank, might just be the last thing that you ever see. ...on properties with a craving for all things food as a community at odds with wildlife officials 
who want it dead. The Tahoe Hank. community in South Lake Tahoe has been dealing with bear break-ins for months now. The problem, so bad, state officials say their only option is to trap it and kill it. No. But animal advocates say not so fast. He's a big guy. He likes to eat. A big boned bear with an All right, so check this out. This is Hank the Tank, fellas. He is a big old chongus bear. That is definitely, without a doubt, the biggest fucking bear that I have ever seen in my entire life. To match has made his habitat around the homes lining the landscape in the Tahoe Keys. He ain't scared. He's always lived his life in that area. He's well-known local. Well-known and now wanted by the Oh, uh, this is it. Look, look at this fucking wanted poster right here of... Uh, Big ol' Hank the Tank. He, oh, he, he's just trying to be a bear man. Now, uh, there are some people, animal activists, that are saying, well, just why can't we just relocate him and put him on a, a wildlife reserve? Because how do you think that they're going to transport this fucking bear? Are, they're going to need, like, 20 guys to pick him up and even get him on a damn truck and get him to wherever the fuck he's going to go. Another reason supposedly is that he has such or he has adapted so well to human life that he probably will not be able to even go out and live in the wild anymore. He's just too far gone. He's too domesticated, quote unquote. California Department of Fish and Wildlife. A spokesperson says this heavy duty domestic. Oh, my God. Has damaged 38 homes and is responsible for more than 150 calls. <sighs> Adult male, it's a big boy. Such a menace. They say they have no choice but to trap it. No. And kill it. It's a move. Poor Hank. Calls cruel and unnecessary. We don't want anybody to get hurt. Nobody wants that. We don't want the bear to die either. As word spread of the agency's bear killer traps were put in place. So if you're a podcast listener uh, and not seeing the video here, some people that are going out and like vandalizing the bear traps that they're hoping to catch Hank in, which, by the way, this bear trap right here does not look like it is going to carry that big old Chongus Hank. Also, there's snow here. This must be in Northern California. But they've graffitied bear killer on this bear trap because of course they're afraid that hank is going to uh is gonna bite the dust here so this bear trap does not look anywhere near big enough to capture poor old hank so unfortunately they've decided that the only choice is to put him down but first they've got to find him and how the fuck are they gonna find or how how haven't they found the giant bear i mean he is very very big and where he's at seems to be very very clear and i feel like he will make his big old bear appearance fairly fairly shortly backlash not associated with the bear league soon followed it's how the community feels they do not want the bears to pay the price for human ignorance is it how the community feels i don't know that doesn't or that seems to lack any sort of data what have you surveyed the people whose homes that hank the tank has invaded and knocked windows over i don't know so when a bear is set to die because of what's been going on in that community people take a stand so why isn't relocation and this option? is what they're taking Fish a stand wildlife for says it's not viable since the burly bear doesn't know how to hunt the bear league agrees 
And it's just too damn big to transport. You think that anybody... How, how the fuck are they going to get him to a wildlife reserve? He's probably going to be too big old fat bear to even be transported. We don't believe in relocation. It doesn't work, and they usually die a horrible death trying to survive after relocation. While the colossal carnivore has avoided capture so far, the Bear League says the best solution is twofold. Having the Bear League bear-proof their properties and moving the big guy to a wild animal sanctuary out of state. So rather than killing it, uh, Bear League activists, which, first of all, I did not know that there is a Bear League I mean, I mean, do people make full-time money being part of the Bear League? These are, these are questions that I almost don't want to have answered because it would upset me quite a bit, knowing that there are people that make a full-time salary being in the Bear League. But their solutions, they propose that, you know, people get better bear repellent kits for bears in particular hank the tank which i'm not gonna lie the standard bear protection kit is not gonna get you very far this has to stop this has to stop now the bear league says it's still waiting to hear back about a possible sanctuary move from the department of fish and wildlife why is there a bear league on the issue is set for tomorrow night in tahoe keys wow so uh hopefully hank the tank will be found fairly shortly and you know i'm not down for putting the the bear down but at the same time all the bear rights and animal activists they would probably be better off by just being uh less annoying because i think that most people would actually be on their side despite what i said earlier about you know what about if you ask people whose homes he's invaded which there have been upwards of a hundred and like 37 of them i don't remember the exact figure but I still feel like most people would agree with uh, not putting the bear down and having him relocated somehow. I mean, sure, they'll need 20 guys to do it, but I mean, apparently there is a bear league, the League of Extraordinary Bears. So get some of those people. They're on salary. All right. So when we come back, uh, we have a lot to get to because uh, President Trump's truth social social media app uh came out today and it was not without its issues plus we have some insane footage of a helicopter crash <clears throat> excuse me that happened in miami beach this past weekend and <clears throat> sorry allergies are acting up again wait till you see this footage by the way because this is just crazy and it blows my mind that nobody died to this so we'll have uh we'll do a little bit of this week in crazy viral footage and we'll get to all of that when we come back so stick around Simulation. more in a minute Radio.
Man, I think I'm getting a little too old to be continuing to follow video games, honestly. And I'm not saying that it's because I'm having some sort of a crisis because I I turned 30 this year and it really got me to start like reevaluating certain things in life or like reevaluate certain priorities that I had. And I've made a conscious decision as of late to stop following a lot of the video game scenes that I follow because in my early to mid to late 20s as you know as recently as fairly soon or fairly recent uh I was a very staunch like esports follower I followed quite a lot of them uh quite a lot of scenes knew a lot about what was going on and there's shit like this that really makes me reevaluate how hard I want to continue following the scene because especially as it gets bigger, you know, and there's more money invested into the scene, then the demographics change too. And one of those examples, and I know that this is a very extreme example because Fortnite is catered to a demographic that is much, much younger and much more Zoomer, but it seems to be a general direction that a lot of the esports games are moving towards like their marketing demographic is changing or you know maybe at the same time it's just it's just me that's changing man and it's time to like reevaluate some of my priorities on what I'm following and what I care about and this is an example that really really brought it home to me because there was a tweet in the Fortnite world that went viral because as we all know uh, a lot of pro players that play Fortnite and people that play Fortnite competitively are much younger and much more uh, school-aged and there's controversy between a player named Void V O I D D and he's from an esports organization called Loot Boy Esports, which was established uh, this year and definitely does not seem like it could be any bit scammy at all. But <clears throat> a tweet of his went viral that is making the rounds now where he's criticizing and ended up beefing with his parents online. Now, his initial tweet said something like, if you have supported parents, supportive parents, don't take it for granted. Ha ha. So shit. Having a demotivating and unsupportive dad. And his mom came onto that Twitter thread saying, quote, calling your parents fucking cunts is not acceptable because they say, that you can't stay up until 3 a.m. on a school night. That's not being unsupportive. That's called being a parent. And the son uh, promptly blocked his mother on social media. And if that's not an example of like the degeneracy in esports that's going on right now, I also notice one of the other reasons that's causing me to really just get out of it is how big of fucking weenies everybody in video games seems to be they're all they're all like the the rainbow hair rainbow flags in their profiles type uh always asked a virtue signal with their pronouns in their profile the people that are still fucking scared of covid and the only re the only way that events could possibly come back is if everybody's like triple masked and four got their four boosters and then even now they're still afraid of having a live crowd and a live audience at events, despite the fact that, you know, uh, 
like the league in Korea, League of Legends that's going on in Korea right now, the regular season, they've got a live audience. And I feel like if you're taking the right precautions and if you're uh, adhering to having some level of personal responsibility, like, what's the point in just being afraid of this at this point, especially given that Queen Elizabeth has been diagnosed with COVID. And so look, if she can come out of it, I really see no reason to continue to be afraid of all this stuff. But people in esports seem to be afraid of this. And I think that this is an example, this tweet thread in as an example, is an example of a much like larger trend in just how weenie the fucking gaming demographic is. Like, I saw uh, an article on IGN today that was this really long, like, two, three thousand word article about how how great it is that there are super easy video game journalist difficulty modes in video games and about how it's, it's all about just being accessible and just letting everybody play and what happened can we not just go back to the days of and i know this really sounds like boomer talking here but can we not just go back to the days where that how hard the game is is how hard the game fucking was like i don't know why that's so difficult to comprehend and you know why everybody is pushing for video games journalism difficulty mode but uh of course he has blocked or he has blocked his mother on twitter and there's more to the story, too, because there is something that might give the kid a little bit of sympathy points, because apparently his dad also came out and said, you know, uh, you're kind of shit at the game, right? And it's pretty pointless for you to be investing all of your time and effort into this. So I want to know uh, whose side you're on here. So be sure to leave a comment in the YouTube video or on the social media post on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitch, all that good stuff. It is at Simulation Radio on all of those things. Now, uh, do you think that this might have been kind of abusive from his parents? But at the same time, uh, are you on the kid's side? Because his mother up and comes out and says... Uh, it's not acceptable to call your parents fucking cunts because they say you can't stay up until 3 a.m. on a school night. I don't know, man. That seems per like pretty reasonable parenting to me. Maybe, I maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm the one that's out of touch here, but I really don't think that uh, this is a responsible thing to be doing as a child. Look, I was that guy. I was that idiot that was staying up until 3 a.m., uh, doing stupid shit on a school night and look where I am now. I would not call my, the place that I'm at right now, uh, a very successful place. So, you know, maybe if there was a little bit more, a little bit more smackdown, then we could be in a different situation. But, uh, let me know what you think about this. Do you think that the parents are out of line? Do you think that this kid is out of line for having a public beef with his parents? Because, uh, this kind of like this kind of immaturity and this childish behavior seems to be really uh, spreading through esports. No matter how virtuous all of these companies that do things seem to act, because here's here's their game. Uh, they make you seem like they're just super woke and out to. Uh, just we're just about representation in everything. And if you ever go on Twitch and like see any of the fucking ads that these companies run on Twitch, it is just god awful cringe, god awful insane. Like that fucking Honda car commercial 
I'm telling you, it really just makes me want to put a fucking bullet in my brain. <laughs> but here's how all these companies work. They come out, and this isn't just uh this isn't just in the realm of esports, by the way, too. This is how all of the companies that try to be virtuous on social media and say, hey, look at us, we're doing really good things and we're just we're just socially conscious about what we're doing. Here's how all of them uh, tend to act, right? Is they'll come out, they'll publicly say things that, you know, touch people in their little feelies and make them feel good and gets people who have rainbow flags in their bios to go, oh, this is so good. This is just so inclusive. And what they do behind the scenes is they'll put money towards causes that, you know, are kind of oppressive. And they'll be two-faced and hypocritical like that. And yet these people, these, like, these fucking uh, NPC inclusivity idiots on Twitter uh, don't they just don't see it. They only go, they admonish or they'll check off little brownie points on their list and go, oh, this company made me feel really good today. And then they'll like, they'll live their fucking life based on that. And I'm telling you, that's how it all works. That's how esports works. That's how all the major corporations that sell you shit operate. And it's, it's just sickening, man. It's sickening. And it, it makes it hard to not get any level of infuriated at all at this shit. And it's just the reason that I'm particularly detested uh, or disgusted by how esports does it in particular is because the fans are just such fucking whiny little bitches, man. And they are they just don't even hide it. They, they suck it all up. They see a fucking rainbow flag commercial to do whatever makes you feel good. Like that, that fucking Hollister commercial with the, the fucking blue haired little piggy just jumping up and go, I'm wearing cool stuff. I'm wearing super rainbow clothes. And they eat, they eat that shit up, man. They eat it up. They, when they don't realize that the company behind them, the, the company that's responsible for this is only doing this to get you to buy shit and to touch you and your little feelies and make you feel good. And then they go behind the scenes and you look at how their upper management works. Blizzard is a prime, prime example of this where, you know, they'll, their games and their game developers are some of the most annoying fucking people and annoying products that are out there in the market. And yet they are the biggest offenders offenders not defenders i don't know if it came off like that but they're the biggest offenders in the space of like sexual harassment and doing absolutely heinous shit behind the scenes and that's just how all the companies work and i can only hope that people begin to uh see it at some point one day it's just it just so happens that in esports it's especially annoying and it's the younger demographic the zoomer demographic at least the ones that follow esports i'm not saying that all zoomers are like this i've met a few that are of, of solid mind but <clears throat> they just seem to eat it up man and then they eat it up and that becomes part of their identity and then they just turn into fucking annoying joyless human <coughs> excuse me annoying like joyless human beings and it's i'm just kind of done with it man i'm kind of annoyed by it and so i've chosen to uh kind of drastically reduce my level of interest in most video games, which sounds ironic considering that I streamed Pokemon this weekend. I streamed the tournament that was happening, but here's the thing. Uh, I try and 
get a little bit more involved in scenes that don't seem like they're just rife with mental illness. Like, for instance, I'm sorry, Smash, but I've lost all interest. I did not watch Genesis this weekend. I don't give a fuck because uh, at least Ultimate in particular just seems to be one of the most mentally ill fucking scenes that I have ever seen in my entire life. And the Pokemon scene... it's actually all right. It's actually okay. Nobody's is hyper, super annoying. Uh, you don't have to like wade through a metric fuck ton of mental illness to like learn what I want to learn. So here's the metric by which I've kind of determined how, uh, how annoying a scene is, which is when I want to learn a little bit more about the game and how to, you know, play the game at a competitive level, the level of research that I do, I, determine how good a scene is by how much mental illness you have to fucking wade through to get to the juice. And with Pokemon, I didn't really have to wade through all that much mental illness. Most people that play Pokemon tend to be like older and my age and they've been playing it their whole life and they've enjoyed it their whole life. And they seem to be a little bit more conscious of the fucking world around them. Whereas, you know, you look at a game like and League of Legends is getting really bad with this in particular, where because Riot is one of the worst companies that has ever existed, uh, they, they're all the people that are fans of League of Legends just eat that shit up. And you can tell because of how unbearable the game is to play. There's there's just so much mental illness that you have to wade through to get to anything of substance in that community. And it's a little bit annoying and by a little bit, I mean quite a bit annoying. And I'm I'm saving some of my mental health here by choosing to exit from a lot of these scenes and interests. And despite, you know, having a frustrating couple of weeks mentally, in general, as a whole, I would say that it has done a it it's done wonders in like just how mad I get at stuff and how annoyed I am at the things that I tend to follow. Because that's how people work, right? Like, they follow and they click on things that annoy the shit out of them, and that's that's kind of how the entire news industry has come to be. So, all right, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's get to some adult, adult news here. And I use that term, I use the term adult very, very loosely, because to close out the show, I want to talk about Former President Trump's social media app that launched at midnight last night. Look, I said we were loosely talking about adults here, right? And I mean that very, very loosely. So President Trump, this app has been development in development for roughly a year. It's called Truth Social, and it's where you go to avoid persecution by all of the major social medias. You can post whatever conspiracy theory you like on there and not fear getting thrown off all of the major platforms, which I agree, you know, is kind of a problem on the major social platforms. But at the same time, uh, this seems to be uh, something on the very far other extreme to that, where we'll see how, how this ends up going, too. It's called Truth Social, the President Trump-created Twitter alternative. And while it did go live in the App Store on Sunday night, its launch did not quite go without uh, any sort of problems. Now, 
users have reported being unable to sign up, getting some red error messages that, you know, we, we can't do it. And they are also being put on uh, waiting lists. As of 11 p.m. last night, select users who tried to create accounts were repeatedly met with a red error warning. Something went wrong. Please try again. And shortly thereafter, after midnight, others were told that the app was simply too popular for them to join it, which makes sense as it is the number one app on the App Store right now. They got a warning that read, due to massive demand, we have placed you on our wait list. Now, this seems to be a common trend amongst all of the, the free speech social media apps like uh, Parler and Gab and all that other shit is they blow up in popularity right off the bat because people think, oh, yeah, this is going to be the one. I'll be able to post all my unhinged shit like all the unhinged lefties are able to freely post on Twitter. I mean, that's kind of just a reality of what's going on. I can post all my unhinged shit without reprieve on any of these new apps that come out. They blow the fuck up for a period of time initially, and then they fall off the face of the earth because nobody seems to care. And it turns out that the people that created them, they it's not quite as free speech as one may think. Like a uh, parlor, for instance, uh, I know they they censored a couple of things like legitimate things and not like you know just flat out violence mongering and stuff like that which rightfully should not be anywhere but i don't know i don't know man i i just really feel like that the the answer and we're just growing even more divided this is just going to be one of those things that further divides people along whatever line they tend to already believe like, all right, the right wingers are going to go on the Trump social media. Left wingers are going to stay on Twitter and all the other like leftist promoting social media platforms. And the divide is only going to get bigger and bigger. And the problem is, is that I really think you need to expose yourself to ideas that you don't like fully believe in or that you don't agree with. And that's a problem that's only going to get bigger as our divide in society continues to grow. Because people are going to be more entrenched into their their little team bunkers and it's going to it's it's just going to end bad, man. It really is going to end bad. I really don't think that the answer to seeing something that you disagree with on any platform, by the way, should be, right, let's get rid of it. We have to get rid of it because I can't see anything that I disagree with. And what the left wing is trying to do in particular is label anything that they disagree with as uh, it's misinformation. Well, right. That's how they, that's how they get things removed by this is dangerous and it's misinformation. Well, just don't fucking listen to it. It's the same deal when we talked about, uh, the Joe Rogan controversy a couple weeks ago. Like, if you disagree with them, just don't fucking listen to them. It's clear that some people agree with him, so they're going to listen to him. And even people that don't disagree or that don't agree with him, I imagine, are also listening to him. So this is only going to further the divide in society, at least once they're able to get the Truth Social Update app uh, up and running, despite the fact that it has been in development for a year, it launched with uh, plenty of performance issues. 
you can see on their uh, website here that, oh, hey, it's launch day today. Partial outage. Partial. Oh, hey, the website. The website was formerly in an error message, but it looks like they got it up and running today. But uh, we'll see. We'll continue to follow this uh, and see if anybody interesting gets on there or if this social media app ends up uh, blowing up. It's basically just a Twitter copy that only exists, I'm sure, so that President Trump can continue to post his self-serving shit. And I'm not going to lie. Well, it is hilarious. Like President Trump was such a good, such a good follow on Twitter, especially in the days before he was president. He would say some nasty, nasty shit to stupid celebrities. And I, I kind of loved it, kind of liked it. But uh, they're investigating. Apple released the True Social app in the App Store at 11 o'clock last night. It is online, although user creation is currently rate limited during our rollout. They'll expand capacity over the coming hours to enable more users to join. And I imagine that, you know, if you're a popular influencer that's joining this and you're maybe coming from one of the other social media apps, they will let you in right off the fucking bat. But, you know, if you're just some... Uh, and this is going to sound negative, but if, if you're like a nobody on social media that's just going to consume, then you'll probably be put on the waiting list. Due to overwhelming demand at launch, they are currently rate limiting on onboarding new users to the platform. They're working to increase signup capacity for onboarding and will continue to update the status as capacity increases. An update as of Earlier this morning, we have continued to improve the performance of our system components for account creation and are increasing rate limits for new account creation. And another monitoring update, they've stabilized the account creation process and they are working to increase the rate of new account creation. So they're working on it. We'll see how this ends up uh, shaking out. Will this one blow up and will this one be the de facto right-wing alternative to Twitter, or will it, like all of the other ones, just crash and burn all the way into the ground because it is proven that its creators are just as disingenuous as the people running Twitter? And that's it. So, thank again, thank you all for watching, everybody. Uh, I love you all. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. It is at Simulation Radio on everything. We will one day get one of those pretty little uh, YouTube subscribe graphics that has the click, click, click. And then for some reason, that's what gets all the the idiots to click on that subscribe button, having, a, having it like a fucking picture book right there that prompts you to do it. Look, I believe in you. I believe in you, everybody. I think that you're smarter than this. I think that you do not need a pretty little graphic to pop up on the screen to get you there. I think that if you were to do it, to press the subscribe button and turn on notifications, I I just think that me reminding you to do it is sufficient enough. And you really don't need a pretty little influencer graphic to tell you what to do. Maybe that's just me. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm overestimating all of your intelligence, but... I think you guys are smarter than that. So we will be back tomorrow at the same time at 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, if you would like to watch live, it is at youtube.com slash simulation radio, facebook.com slash simulation radio, and twitch.tv slash simulation radio at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 4 p.m. Pacific, and I do not fucking know what that is in Central European time, but you you can 
look it up if you would like. And that is it from us today. I love you all. See you tomorrow. We'll get to some juicy stuff. We got a full, full week of shows this week, and I look forward to hearing from all of you during them. Bye. Bye.